Hey, welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast this week. Um, we are social distancing over Zoom, um, as we always do. So this really isn't a new thing, uh, but now it's official. Um, Terry's down in Texas. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing, Roland? Doing great, man. And Alan out in Tennessee. How's Tennessee? Still doing, still doing well, man. Yeah, we're yeah. still here. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, the internet is really giving us some fits today, <laughs> like it is all across the country, right? And so, if anyone pops off, they're going to pop right back on. And uh, but we're going to do our best to kind of yeah. to kind of get through this. I got an interesting email yesterday, and it was. Uh, from Comcast as a business owner because we own you know, a coffee shop and it was like how to manage your internet settings so that you get the best bandwidth. So it's like a real thing right now. They're having trouble, you know, kind of keeping everyone online. Oh, definitely. I spent most of the morning on a, on a couple of different meetings beating my head against my desk trying to figure out how to get the internet <laughs> to work. Uh, it, was, it was awful. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things where I have fiber here at the house so it should be working great and still having issues and problems. But I think it's because the whole world is on the internet right now. Right. Yeah. The The thing I have, I've been surprised that I haven't seen yet is our like online tutorials for using Zoom. Because I think everyone in the world knows what <laughs> Zoom is now. And it, but it's like, you know, I mean, it's pretty simple to operate, but like we know some little t- tips and tricks and things that you can do and um, maybe we ought to do that, you know, put out a, here's how you use Zoom, you know, put it out on Facebook. Here's and, how you could do Zoom, do a podcast and not wear pants. And not wear pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how to Zoom with your friends without clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a whole different, that's a whole different category right there, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. Well, hey, um, you know, we're in the midst of interesting times, um, you know, and I, everyone's dealing with it. Um, today we're going to talk to some friends of mine, um, that are part of our church community and we've actually kind of highlighted them in Forge before, uh, cause they're a couple that live on ironically Corona street in Colorado Springs and you can't make this stuff up. And when Mike Frost, when I told this story, um, about what they were doing on Corona street, he like you know how he is with metaphors and everything. He just got all over. He's like, man, you got to tell that. And so I went out and interviewed him on Zoom. They were actually just a five-minute walk from my house, but we did it over Zoom and social distanced. And But they're doing some interesting stuff on their street. And so we kind of kind of want to spend a segment, instead of talking to church leaders or authors, is talk about um, – you know, kind of, kind of end user, like how, how do we as just Christ followers try to be incarnational and bring goodness and beauty in a time where we're supposed to stay in our house or stay in our yard or, you know, distance ourselves from neighbors. And so uh, Kevin and Lydia have this natural, um, I don't know if, I don't know if it's an evangelist gift. It probably is. They just have this natural draw to their street and houses around their street. And um, they've really built what I would call a small micro church, you know, based on the things that they do. So, um, but what, what have, what have you guys been doing during this time? Or, or I guess I'll start. I mean, I, we did, uh, we tr- we've tried to do some stuff right around our house and Easter 
was last weekend as we record this. And it's uh, really strange to do Good Friday and Easter online. Um, and so we took some like big river rocks, those big flat rocks, and we spray painted them yellow and then decorated them with paint. And we put the word hope really big on the rocks. And we did about 10 of them. And then Kitty wrote a note that was, you know, it's basically, I don't remember exactly what she wrote, but it was kind of like, you know, just want you to know that you're seen, you're known, you're loved. Um, if you need anything, let us know, had our name, address, and all that uh, on it. And then we just took it to the 10 houses kind of right around us, some of whom we had met and some of whom we hadn't. And uh, we just left it on their on their doorstep with a note. And, um, you know, we didn't hear from everyone, but it, what was really cool is there are these two single ladies um, that live older, that live across the street, and they know each other. And Kitty had put her phone number on there. Well, they've been texting back and forth already. And it's like <laughs> they've become fast friends and they still haven't shaken hands or had tea together or anything, but, <laughs> but it's like, they can't wait to do it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, that was, you know, it, that was a really cool, um, thing for us to just realize if you take the risk, which Kevin and Lydia are going to talk about that. If you just take the risk, what you'll find is that there are people that will reciprocate because they're really wanting they're wanting you to be incarnational. That's not the word they'd use. They're wanting you to reach out and say, let's, let's be friends and neighbors and, and humans together, Imago Day together. And, um, you know, and then you find out, wow, it, it works, you know? Um, and so that was one cool thing for us. I'm wanting to buy some sidewalk chalk, uh, cause I walk my dog, um, about every other day and, you know, some neighborhoods they've done this is about every other day. <laughs> dogs don't poor, need that, that poor dog, man. Uh, well, he gets he's to go just outside. At the door. He's, he's doing the pee pee dance. He's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He gets to go outside, but I walk him okay, okay. through the neighborhood every other yes. day. Yeah. He get. we have a doggy door, so he gets to go outside right. whatever he wants. Really. Gotcha. Okay. So um, you want to do sidewalk chalk with your dog? We've got four dogs, so okay. we have to have a doggy door. Or but we, you, have, just, you just walk the one. <laughs> yeah. But I just walk my dog. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, just write, write notes of encouragement on the sidewalk and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, what, what kind of stuff have you guys heard about or maybe you've seen in your own, your own space that are well, like attempts going, to be incarnational? Yeah, going on that, uh, uh, so in our neighborhood, uh, somebody's taken this entire street. It's one of the few straight streets in our neighborhood where it's just this long ago and somebody created a, um, basically an obstacle course with chalk. And it's a good, I mean, it's a good ways, but it's like, you know, you know, bear walk here, five jumps here, shuffle step here, you know? And so it's part of our walking routine. So my girls love, we love to like go up there and then they'll extend it even farther. It's like, oh, there's more stuff today. And, you know, you can tell which ones are like just doing it to like get through and the other ones are like, no, we have to spin this way. And then we spin that way. But yeah, it, it's been fun. I, I think for me, man, when I think about this, it's it's uh it's it's amazing how it's clarified the lines for me um 
and and this is something I've thought about anyhow because we talk a lot about context in Forge. But when I think about, and the best way I can think about it is like maybe like a concentric circles, right? Where I've got my family, I got to take care of this time. So I've got I've got my wife, I got my three girls. Uh, they've just canceled school here um, in Tennessee for the rest of the year. Uh, no more continuing education. So how do I keep my girls, you know, engaged? How do I maybe even get them ready for next year? Uh, if you know school's hoping to open back up. How do I how do I take care of my family, right? Nothing new there, but it's just a little different in this time. And then I've got my extended family. You know, my mom and dad live here. They're both high risk. My father-in-law lives here, high risk. Uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, actually, we think they, they're pretty sure they got COVID, had to shut it down. How do I take care of them? And then my immediate neighbors, you know, the people around me. And really, um, besides my faith community, um, that's as far as my context has really gotten. And so I think with my neighbors, it's the continual communication. It's, it's making sure we all have um, the clear lines. Like, for example, uh, all, our, like, uh, all our younger kids, they, they have a, my, my seven-year-old has a gang that just roams the streets out here. And they bike together and they do all this stuff. And so we're constantly clarifying the lines of what's okay today. Like, um, hey, they could play together. Just don't get up in each other's faces. You know, we don't want... Uh, this family's like, hey, we don't want you in our in our driveway right now. Totally cool, got it. You know, because everybody has their social distance lines. Um, and then what I've taken to do, um, and it's kind of pathetic that it took a pandemic to get me back to this idea. But um, and and I'd be the first one to almost roll my eyes and dismiss this. But I've taken to praying for my neighbors and specifically praying scripture over my neighbors. Um, and that's something that I, I, I never really got into a whole lot before, um, because prayer, prayer, I mean, is very important. I have a very open view of prayer, you know, like sometimes you can get into discussion and those discussions, you're talking about Jesus, you're talking about God. And for me, a lot of that is prayer. Uh, I still believe in the, Hey, you know, sit down, close your eyes, start with dear heavenly father end with amen prayers. But, you know, I, I start thinking about the different situations in my neighborhood and you get to know people, you get to know their stories, and I'm just drawn to praying scripture over them. Um, and again, in the past, I'd have been like, oh, that's a great place to start, right? But what are you going to do? <laughs> like, how are you going to, what, all this stuff. But, but right now, it feels like the most and the least I can be doing is praying over my neighbors. And specifically, what I've been doing is praying scripture over them. So, yeah. What about you, Terry? You know, that's beautiful, man. I love that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to navigate um, some of these things and, and new disciplines as well as, you know, trying to fine tune and hone in on some some old habits and rhythms. And um, some of the cool things in the neighborhood is seeing how, um, how everyone's kids are forcing them out of their homes. Um, which is, is, is comical to me. Uh, we have a neighbor, my neighbor here on the right, uh, they, we, they've been here for years and, uh, they moved in. They were, uh, uh, Caitlin was single when she moved in, uh, and we had her over for dinner and just getting to know her. It's like, Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. And then she started dating Kyle and then they got married and now, then they had a kid. Now they've had their second kid and they're, they're in very much that, newly married in the last handful of years, two little kids under the age of four or three. Um, and so, you know, we're, we've got a teenager. And so we're in that different world. 
and so they've very much been in their own kind of world and we pray for them. And, and when we see them in the driveway in the front yard, we will we'll stop and chat and um, being the HOA president, they'll, they'll ask questions and Hey, about the neighborhood and stuff like that. And I was PTA president at the elementary school. So they'll, they've got kids, they're thinking right elementary. So they'll ask questions. But other than that, it just hasn't been, um, you know, a lot of connecting, but uh, we, both of our backyards open up into the dog park. We have a dog park in our neighborhood. And so we, we were, we're one of the few neighbors on our back fences that we install gates. So we have a private entrance in and out of the dog park. Uh, and so I, we probably see them back there almost every day. Uh, and it's just cool to kind of, you know, Hey, how are you doing? And, and kind of checking in. Uh, we've got a, a group of, uh, moms that, uh, basically banish their kids to the street. <laughs> they, put, they put cones in the street, uh, telling cars to slow down. Uh, because we do live in a neighborhood where we're 800 homes. And so we've got a lot of families, but we also have a lot of you know, it seems like a lot of single guys with fast cars that think it's cool to, you know, it's like, how fast, how fast can I get my car around this, this corner? And so they put cones in the street and, you know, slow down. And then they just like plop into a driveway. <laughs> they just, you know, they've got their, their beverages and they're just sitting out and, you know, they're trying to be responsible and, and, and you know, be, have right distancing. And, and so we've got some of that and we're participating in some of that with some neighbors down the street. Um, but one of the things for me uh, in this season, um, because I, I I'm, I'm an outward guy, I guess I'm a social guy. Uh, I've actually had uh, quite a bit of, uh, uh, I mean, depression. I've, 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 I've always struggled with depression. It's been something that I've, I've had in my, I've just wrestled with it my whole life. And so I, um, uh, what was that and music? so it's, it's, yeah, I was right. I was like, Oh, Alan's playing some music for me and we're just going to get real serious. Here it's for like, Alexa, it stop. started right when you started talking about your personal depression, the piano. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Alexa. It was Alexa. She just, she just, she knew. this is my, <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't we're know not, why my Alexa's going up. We're, we're not trying to joke about your depression. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's good. good. This helps. This alleviates that was a lot. like, I couldn't have timed that better. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, take two. No, uh, make oh, sure this, oh, takes, this is too good. Um, but um, combating some of the blueness and some of the depression uh, I had as a teenager growing up in the boys home and all that. I, I struggle with that. And uh, man, God has been a, such a huge deliverer uh, in some of that. And that's been my story to a lot of my neighbors. And so my neighbors know that. And, you know, I've had a couple of them reach out and say, Hey, how are you handling all this? We know you're probably, you know, locked up. And, and so one of the things that I've done just as a, a new practice to kind of help com combat some of that, is um, I, I joined a uh, photo a day challenge thing, yeah. um, and I'm only a couple of days into it, uh, and I'm I've I've made the commitment that I'm going to take my photo uh, outdoors. I'm I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of the house during the sunshine and just try to take that photo. Um, and so for me, it's okay. How can I find beauty in my neighborhood? Um, so when things are, are kind of down and, and, you know, feeling, you know, you just get, you get a little blue, uh, going out and intentionally looking for beauty has yeah. been really, really helpful. Um, and then being able to share that with people, you know, people, 
you know, why are you, why are you taking a picture of the sidewalk or why are you, you know, uh, in throwing a baseball with your, with your kid and why, why are you trying to take a photo at the same time where you're throwing a baseball <laughs> you know, people asking? And so I get to share a little bit. He was like, you know what? I'm just trying to find the beauty in our neighborhood yeah. where there's seems to be a lot of negativity. And so neighbors are responding. They're, they're actually really encouraged by that. And, you know, and, I, and it gives me an opportunity to encourage them to look for beauty, uh, which we would, we all know that beauty is part of God's, it's, it's part of God's reign. It's part of his kingdom. Sure. Um, it's an evidence of the kingdom come. And so when we can push people to that and say, where's the beauty in this world? Where are you seeing the beauty in your neighborhood? Uh, so it just, it's led to some, some good conversations in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it seems like at least in our, in downtown and neighborhood, um, I see like five times more walkers and people walking around the neighborhood together as couples or families or walking their dogs or sitting in the park, um, you know, distanced, of course, but just sitting out in the grass. Um, see that a lot more than normal. And so it kind of makes me wonder if, it, I mean, it's a cool rhythm, you know, to be in a neighborhood that's like that. So I'm hoping that some of those rhythms um, stay the same. Yeah, one of my, uh, when hearing you talk, Terry, you know, one of my things that are kind of keeping me sane is, um, you know, I, I enjoy, I, I was enjoying like a cigar once a week and now I'm like almost every night, you know, smoking these little bitty, <laughs> <laughs> acid blondies they're called and um but we've got a fire pit in the backyard and so when it's nice i'll go out there and sit and it's usually you know when i'm kind of winding down and stuff it's usually between seven and eight and um so i've started going out there about seven forty-five, and i'll sit down at the fire pit um I'm drinking a Corona beer out of protest. Um, it's my protest of the whole thing. So rather than drinking craft beer, I'm drinking Corona every night. And, um, and then I'll light up a little cigar and I sit there. And of course my dog is out there too. And, um, and just kind of chill outside. And it's kind of a, it's a sanity thing too, you know, to just kind of be outside to go slow and all this. Well, the other night, there are neighborhoods where people come outside and howl just like wolves. And so the first time this happened was like a week ago or something. And I'm sitting outside and all of a sudden, like a mile, two miles away, I start hearing like, a hundred howls, you know, <laughs> and it freaked me out. It's like, what in the world is going on? You know, the apocalypse is happening. Werewolves are coming, you know, I don't. And then I found out that it was a, it was a thing, you know, it was like a social socializing thing for some neighborhoods. And so if you're at our house now at 8am, you can step outside and you can hear it's not happening like right around our house, but you can hear in the distance all these neighborhoods just start howling, you know? So, so our national director, Ryan, is in New York, and he keeps publishing the 7 o'clock, everybody's cheering for the healthcare workers. Yeah. Colorado Springs at 8 o'clock, everybody's We're howling. howling. <laughs> Everyone's howling because <laughs> they've got to get yeah. outside. Yeah. So the, the best advice I ever got as a parent was, you know, for the, the first six months of your kid's life, you just take your sanity, you kind of 
crunch it up into a little ball, you put it in the corner, and you say, I'll need you later, and then you just go completely stark raving and be mad. <laughs> that's right. Like, that's, like, yeah. So that's what's happening right now. People are in quarantine. They're like, hey, I'm just going to yeah. put my sanity over there, and I'm going to go howl at the moon at eight. <laughs> yeah. But, you, but I wonder, like, if people are going, man, that just makes me feel better. To just, it's kind of like punching a punching bag, like stepping outside and howling. I feel sane again. So I wonder if they're just going to keep doing it. You know, it's like yeah. they're just going to step outside yeah. and howl at it. I keep, that's what I keep coming back to is what are the new normals we're creating? You yeah. know, like, like we, we're yeah. hearing so many different predictions of like, I mean, like what you said, all these people are now walking. Is that going to be a habit they continue to mm -hmm. do once things go back to whatever is after this crisis? Right. right. Um, I've heard people talk about how, oh, like, um, I'm I'm kind of an introvert by heart, so I've got my family. I'm pretty good. Like I'm I'm like, you know, I'm I'm not like craving all this. Oh, I got to get together with everybody and da da da. But I know that people are and they're really suffering. And and uh, especially my faith community, they're like, oh, we miss gathering together. We miss having everybody in a room and and all of these things. And um, you know, we we did a, a Zoom call for Easter. We got our entire community on a couple different Zoom calls. And to hear some of the response of people just like, it was great and it was awful. It was great to be there and to take common meal communion with everybody at the same time. It was great to do all this stuff, but then it was awful because it showed me what I missed. Um, and so you see these different uh, reactions and it makes you wonder, okay, what's the new, what's going to happen when this thing's done? What are the new normals that are going to take place? What are the, almost the societal norms we're going to adopt after this? Yeah. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to to watch that. Well, um, the couple that we're talking to today um, are just, um, they've just got a gift for pulling the neighborhood together. And um, I've known Ke Kevin and Lydia for, um, I guess, about four years now. And um, they're just infectious. And they always have these great ideas. L Lydia, by the way, you should follow her on Instagram if you like to cook uh, because she has started almost her own cooking show. So she'll have in her Instagram story, you know, she'll have one of those Instagram stories that's got like a hundred little, you know, segments because she's doing the whole thing like Julie. And sometimes she'll go into her Julia child's voice, you know, <laughs> and she makes her own noodles for spaghetti, like homemade. And she, you know, so she's taking a bunch of cooking classes and, um, but it's really worth it because I made her spaghetti the other night and it was great. Um, but anyway, they, they have really figured out how to be, um, you know, I would, I would say that they are pastors in their neighborhood and, and a lot of the people are not believers, but they basically care for their right around their neighborhood and they live about three blocks from us down one block and then two blocks over. And they, like I said, they ironically live on Corona street. And so, um, they, we, we featured them in forge, I guess last year, maybe, or, um, year and a half ago, uh, cause they had a thing on Saturdays in the summertime called pancakes on the porch. And we did a really good video on that and, uh, which you can go watch, uh, on, out on the forge, uh, website, or you can go to forgecos.com for forge Colorado Springs. And it's on our main page. Um, you can watch that video. But they would just have neighbors in their yard on Saturday mornings and just cook pancakes and people would bring bacon and all this other stuff, you know. And it's, so it's basically a community meal. 
um, on Saturday mornings. And so that was great. Well, during this COVID thing, one day uh, Lydia just gets on Messenger and she already has a messenger group for Corona Street. It's called the Corona Crew and um, says, hey, we're going to all get out on our streets, at, on the street at seven and dance. And so, and she texted me and said, I'd really love for you to come down. And so uh, my daughter Kitty and I walked down. Kevin had his car out in the middle of the street. Corona's kind of wa- really wide street and all the doors open. And at seven, they just crank music and people start coming out of their houses and dancing and all this. Well, iHeartRadio got hold of it and some of the local TV stations got hold of it. And now it's a thing on Friday nights on iHeartRadio. It's like you can tune in to their station and I think there's a couple other stations too and do a 7 7 p.m. neighborhood dance party. And nice. they'll play the same song so that everyone can just blast the same station and just go out and dance. And um, so it'll happen tomorrow night at seven as we're recording this, you know. And um, so anyway, I, it was, I thought it was just worth kind of getting them on and talking to them about, you know, how in the world do you be an incarnational person um, in the midst of this kind of stuff? And what kind of lessons can we learn? What, from people that naturally do it. And um, we talk a lot about this stuff from the top down, like teaching it, you know, uh, in Forge and, and through church leaders and that kind of thing. But what is it, you know, what is it like to sit down with people that just kind of naturally do it in the neighborhood um, and hear from them, let them teach us, let them inform us on uh, some things to try and risk and, and stuff like that. So, I think you guys will uh, enjoy Kevin and Lydia Andrews. So let's jump over to that talk now. Well, hey, I'm really uh, glad to be here with uh, Kevin and Lydia Andrews. And as I told you in their intro, um, they're good friends of mine and uh, me and Kitty's live around the corner from us, ironically on Corona Street. No one really believes that, but it's true. If you walk a block from my house and you look at the street sign before you turn left to their house, it says Corona Street. And uh, I got to know Kevin and Lydia uh, through our church community and some community building that they did uh, through a thing called Pancakes on the Porch. But uh, how are you guys doing first? Just wanted to say hi and uh, see how, how's it going with the lock-in. We're good. I think that's like the general answer I get from a lot of people is like, we're good. But there's always like a little bit yeah. underneath that, right? We, we have a five-year-old, Oliver. So being locked in, both of us trying to work with a five-year-old not at school, it it definitely comes with its challenges. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're great. Yeah, we're but, doing it. Yeah, but I know Oliver and he's like the perfect kid. <laughs> I mean, he's like so cute. <laughs> Do you want him for a little bit? <laughs> and and also know that you guys have two dogs that are uh, they're kind of weird in their own way, which is not saying anything for me because we have four dogs, and you have a chicken coop. We have seven well, chickens. Yeah, seven chickens, and mm-hmm. I actually watched Lydia like call to the chickens, and they come running to her. So 
the chicken whisperer. Yeah. Uh, so y'all are like down there homesteading and you can at least eat eggs. Even if you can't find anything else in the store, you can have eggs yes. forever. Right. Yeah. We kept trying to like start a business. Like who wants to buy eggs from us? And nobody wanted to buy eggs. And then all of a sudden <laughs> everyone's coming out of the woodwork wanting our eggs. Oh, and that's I want to right. uh, do I want to be neighborly and give you eggs or do I want to hoard them yeah. from myself? <laughs> Isn't it funny the conversations you start to have during these quarantines is like, we actually talked about, okay, if we run out of food completely, which chicken's going first? <laughs> yeah. Which one do you think tastes good? No, you have to you have to do it based on their egg laying production, right? So the ones that produce the least, they're looking at the frying pan. Yeah. So definitely Gilda would be going first. Gilda so. would be going first. All right. Well, this is it's kind of morbid for this podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, well, hey, the reason that we wanted to talk to you guys is because um, you know a lot of times we interview church leaders or authors or different people like that. And um, you guys, uh, and we talk about missional stuff. This whole podcast is about living missionally and, and thinking that way. And um, about a week and a half ago, um, I got an invitation to come down to a dance party, which is the weirdest thing, you know, I thought like, Okay, well, that's weird. And so my daughter and I came down, and Kevin, you had your car pulled out in the middle of the street, and you sort of blasting a song and had set this up with several neighbors. But then while the song was playing and everyone's dancing, more people start coming out that didn't know about it. And before you know it, because uh, I was filming the whole thing, it's like almost every house right around you had people out either dancing or wondering what, what the heck's going on out on our street. That's usually, usually the case with our neighbors. Yeah. Going on? <laughs> yeah. And um, so, I mean, what I have noticed in you two is this ability um, to be the person of peace on your street, which, you know, that's kind of, well, it's kind of this phrase that, you know, gets thrown around with missional people and, um, it's kind of a little bit religious speak now, but the person of peace is this person that just kind of has this ability to curate a uh, community and environment and a space for people to feel good, you know? And, um, and I think you guys are definitely that on ironically Corona street, uh, right now. And this whole dance party thing went, um, went kind of rabid with one of the, uh, radio stations and now they're doing it every Friday night or something. So can, can you talk about, I mean, I guess first, why don't you just talk about how this whole dance party thing came about? And then what I want to get into is like for someone that just lives missionally because you love Jesus and you love your neighbors, like where does this stuff come from? And like, how can other people, you know, kind of catch that same type of virus, um, to, you know, which I'm, I'm using intentionally there, you know? Uh, so where did you come up with the idea for, for the dance party? Well, it's funny you use virus and it's funny we live on Corona because I think we can be described as really hard to get rid of. Yeah. We, you know, we've put time and energy and I can't take the credit for it because we've, we created a foundation with pancakes on the porch on our street. Um, 
I think it's uh, it's something to be said for willing to put yourself out there and be rejected or willing to put yourself out there and not know the answer if people will show up or if people will want to connect. So I really do think it takes one person or two people to have the willingness to put themselves out there and not be afraid of rejection or not being afraid to not have a response because everyone's longing for community. And I don't care if you're an introvert, if you're an extrovert, I don't care um, what Enneagram number you are. I think we were made and born to be connected to one another. Mm. Um, So the dance party was easy in the sense that we have a Facebook message chat with our, our street and Kevin and I, this would be two weeks ago, we're so cooped up and we were like, please get us out of this house with our child. We're going to kill each other. We're going to kill him. <laughs> and wouldn't it be fun if we all went outside and all played the same song at the same time? Well, we all just kind of cued our Amazon music to the same song. And we all went outside and just on a Monday night had a blast dancing, keeping social distance, but at the same time connecting. And then we took a video and I, we like made this little silly video to, with iMovie and I shared it on my Facebook and then it went crazy and people were like, I want to do that on my street. I want to do that. And then a friend of mine, you know, knows someone at iHeartRadio and they, they said, well, we have 10 stations in town and we're going to play all the same music. Could you do this on Friday? And this was like Wednesday. They wanted yeah. to do it in like a day and a half. And we're like, Okay. So it went, it went crazy because it, it's not crazy because it's a good idea. It's crazy. It goes crazy because people want to connect mm-hmm. and people want that sense of connection in their community and to all feel like we're in this together. Um, and that's the interesting thing I think about this virus is it, there's no one to blame for it. There's no finger pointing. Mm. We all want the end goal to be healthy, but it's creating unity in distance. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's in a weird mixture of things. I think it's the first time, at least in my life, where I've seen that that literally globally, we are all experiencing something together. And we're all controlling as much as we can of our little section of it. But in reality, it's going to take everybody working together to get through this. And so I think that part of it has been connective. It doesn't matter really what your status is, how much money you make. It doesn't matter. It's affecting people differently, but we're still all at the same risk. And so I think there's been some connectivity there. And I think there's also been a realization from a lot of people by removing their connection to a lot of different people into the world, how much they want it and how much they desire it. I think it's easy to take that for granted when you are walking past people on the street, when you're at your office, when you're at your work. Well, guess what? Now that we're working from home and we're sitting in our office by ourselves for a couple hours a day, I miss that, right? I miss that connectivity. I miss those relationships with people. Um, and so from a couple of different angles, I think that's where the the community aspect, the connection aspect is really, I've seen people double down on that because they miss it. And I think then there's also this aspect of just that we're, we're all kind of trying to figure this out together and figure out what are the right steps how can we help in our little section of the world? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting that when we live in neighborhoods, you know, especially like the one that, that we live in uh, with you guys there, you know, we live in houses with security systems, with fenced yards. Um, there's a certain amount of kind of 
building your own box, you know, and kind of this is my private space. Um, but then when we're kind of all in the same problem boat, you know, uh, crisis to get through some of those lines kind of disappear. And I've noticed that too, that, um, you know, I'll sit on the, our little front porch sometimes and smoke a cigar. And in the past people would just, they'll just walk by and stay in their own conversations. And now people stop their conversations and say, hi, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I say hi to almost everyone that goes by, which is just kind of this little signal that, um, I think people are missing, um, interaction, you know, it makes me wonder if like when all this is over, everyone's just going to walk around and hug each other a lot, you know, which is, <laughs> which is going to be a nightmare for introverts, you know, <laughs> it's like all the extroverts will be like, come here, let me love you. You know? Yeah. The introverts are getting their time now. So that's actually, right. We'll smoke you back up. We were that's walking right. home from our local coffee shop up the street and we, we through this, um, pandemic I met a woman in her front yard that I'd never met before she's a block over on corona and we walked by today and I said oh hey good to see you again and her husband was out we struck up a conversation and her husband said you know we saw you all dancing on your street on Friday we wanted to come down and I'm like we should have come down he's like oh I know we really want our street we want our block to look like that you guys have a way cooler block than we do. And I hear that a lot. I hear, wow, you're so lucky, the people on your street, or wow, you really lucked out with your neighbors. And I really don't think that's the case. Although I do love our neighbors and they are awesome. I think that everyone wants this connection. And I think that everyone on your street would be awesome and amazing. And, you know, a great, you would have a great community. It's just, like I said, it's that risk of putting yourself out there and introducing the idea of a block party or pancakes on your porch or whatever that might be a game night when we can all get together again Um, and being, and not being afraid of two people show up. You just have to be able to put yourself out there because I guarantee you everyone wants that street. Um, There's no, I think there's this idea too of like, well, if I get too close to my neighbors, then where do you draw the line? Right? Like Mm -hmm. what's private and what is, you know, there's people I know that like to drive home and say hi and then go in their house and that's it. Um, and so I think people are afraid that they're not going to have that privacy anymore if they mm-hmm. get too close to their neighbors. That's, that's what I've heard from a lot of people is like, well, uh, the truth is it's, there's no less commitment. You know, I feel like there's, there's, there's people who come, come to you when maybe they wouldn't have before, but you never leave that conversation feeling like, Oh man, I really wish I wouldn't have connected with that person. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. As you're saying this, I'm kind of hearing too. It's, it's crazy how much fear runs us to a point, right? Yeah. Like there's the fear of, I put myself out there. What if nobody responds? And then there's the fear of what if people respond too much more than yeah. I want them to respond. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is kind of a, a corny way to think about it. But as you were saying that, have you seen those like masterclass ads, that awesome website where they have professionals come and teach about, you can sign up for like a director. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, I saw one last night that Natalie Portman was doing like an acting class and she was talking about how when she got offered the role of Jackie Kennedy and she was like, when they offered it to me, I was terrified, which was the number one reason I knew I needed to do it. Mm. And I was like, what a cool, like what if we could change our framework and our mindset to that? 
of like the greatest things come from probably the scariest possibilities or the most risk, right? So what if we were able to let go of that and just say, it is scary. It might be a party with Lydia and I sitting in our front porch with 50 pancakes. Yeah. What are we going to do with those? Freeze but them. Yeah, what's, freeze them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But like, what's the worst case? I mean, it's, there's so much more to gain than there is to lose in that situation. And it's not that it doesn't take courage and you have to put yourself out there, but it would be really cool if we were able to kind of change that framework and that mindset from that fear-based side. Yeah. Yeah. We keep, and we keep talking or kind of alluding to pancakes, um, which some people may be going, what the heck are they talking about pancakes for? Um, pancakes on the porch was one of the first ways that I got to know you guys a little bit better. And, uh, if people want to see that whole story, uh, or kind of a little vignette on that, they can go to the forge Colorado Springs, website which is forgecos.com and down at the bottom of the page is that video where you can watch it but basically you kind of it's the same thing you kind of put yourself out there right and um, just kind of give us a short snapshot again of pancakes on the porch because hopefully maybe sometime this summer it's going to start up again right <laughs> fingers crossed or we yeah. could just start chucking pancakes across the street <laughs> that's right Brian start Mike. delivering pancakes to <laughs> doorsteps you know you know um the idea of pancakes just came from wanting to connect to community and what's a really simple way to do that without feeling forced and obviously i think having it outdoors and like an open space is great so people can pop in and leave when they want you know if people have kids they can play outside and it, it's just a great in the summer, it's a great time to connect with the street. Um, we did it every three weeks. We would do it on a Saturday. And I just made flyers and popped them in people. This is before I had anyone's contact information. We didn't have a Facebook group. We didn't know anybody. We just popped flyers in people's mailboxes and said, hey, can you, you know, come, come meet the neighbors, essentially, through pancakes. And it's so cheap and it's so easy to make pancakes, you know. Yeah. Um, and I said, bring your own toppings. You know, it was very simple. And... Um, and people showed up and the next summer we had had a rough uh, spring, you know, and, and that summer I was going, I don't know if I'm going to do pancakes this, this summer. Like I was just very, I was feeling really like a little selfish and going, you know, this is, this is time for me. I need some time for me, you know, and how many people reached out and they're like, so when's pancakes? I want to put it in my calendar. What yeah. Saturday are we doing this? And I was like, fine. <laughs> and it was a perfect thing. Like, why wouldn't I have done this? Right? Like it, yeah. there was no, used not to. Um, but pancakes really became the, and then, you know, me being the coronavirus and not going away, I was like, can I get everyone's email, please? And everyone's <laughs> Facebook information. And then I created yeah. a chat. And from there, it's been easy. You know, I think the weirdest, the weirdest day was the first day. Are people going to show up? And it was anything but weird. It was super heartwarming. And, you know, I always say, you can't choose your neighbors. So if you can create relationships with your neighbors on your street with people you didn't choose to, how much better is our world going to look? Yeah. Because we're practicing loving well when you don't get to choose who you love well. Yeah. And that's where the misconception is, oh man, you lucked out on a great street. No, no. We just chose to love people where they're at mm -hmm. and love them well. Mm -hmm. And it's not hard to do. Yeah, it's pretty good. cool too to think about this, all of this really in, in the afterthought of it is like, we almost had to find like one little moment of courage to do it one time. 
And then since then, the community has driven everything else. Yeah, we're not. It's like they were the ones that were like, hey, we're doing, what days are we doing at this, you know, pancakes this summer? Or after the first dance night, we literally got back and in our Facebook group, there was probably 10 or 15 comments of, that was so much fun. Are we doing it tomorrow? Yeah, I saw that. We didn't have to be the ones that were the driving force behind any of it. It's not like we went out and did this remarkable thing that's, no, we didn't at all. Um, I think it's been really encouraging. We've even seen people on other streets that, our friends of ours in other states start doing things on their streets. Right. It was like, if it, it, I don't want it to sound like we did this, this amazing thing because we really didn't no. We had yeah. one idea. We acted on it for that moment in time. And then the people around us have been the ones that have driven it ever since. And that's, what's been so cool mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's one of the, the things that's so, that, that we try to talk about so much in the missional, missional conversation, you know, trying to be a little bit intentional about just kind of loving your neighbor because Jesus told us to do that. And, um, and I know, I know where your, you guys heart is with faith and all of that. And I mean, I think you would live this way anyway, just cause that's the kind of people you are, but, um, our faith obviously has a, is a foundational stone in this as well. Um, where, like, where do you kind of imagine this going? I mean, let's say, you know, let's say this thing is like a month long, two months long or something like that. Um, do you think that, that some new habits will be developed out of this, um, by people that intentionally neighbor? I mean, do you think between, I mean, you guys already have a pretty good network, um, down on that part of Corona Street, but um, have you talked about like other ideas of things to do, or um, can you imagine different kind of rhythms coming out of this in life? You know, like this is teaching us to live a different way. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope that everyone out there is learning to live in a different way. I mean, even just with the dancing thing, my brother and his family went out. And they said they started dancing the first time we did it. They were the only ones on their street. And about halfway through the song, a neighbor they had talked to like twice came out and was like, dude, I just had to like let go of half of my employees. I'm having the worst day ever because of all this pandemic. I just need to do something different. So he saw them out there, went out, and they've been able to strike up conversations, right? So if nothing yeah. else, if all that's different is you go right? I mean, that's that's it right there. I think that's the ultimate goal. Well, even, I mean, talking about the pandemic in, in general, we have a neighbor across the street who started, um, it's like a neighborhood first response essentially. So if anyone needs anything, it's like a hotline to say, Hey, I need um, bread this week. I live at this address and someone drops it off for them. So, and I know churches around town are doing the same thing, but, um, I mean, shouldn't that be something we do all the time, right? Isn't that a habit we should keep up that we are here for you if you need bread, you know, or we're here for you if you lost someone close to you. We're here for you, you know, and I think that's, there's, everyone's afraid to get sticky with people. They're afraid to get too close and too sticky. And I think if you, I can guarantee anytime you've gotten close with someone, and help them through a situation you never regretted the stickiness of it Hmm. because that's what holds us together. Right. And you find out that people are 
just as broken as you are, or just, you know, have same kind of issues, same kind of backgrounds, some kind of, same kind of uh, stories that, you know, maybe a little bit different, but we've all gone through similar, similar things. I heard a really cool quote. I think Lydia, you actually read this to me. Um, Dave I'm so Hollis. wise. I'm really wise, guys. <laughs> yeah, we know that. <laughs> um, Dave Hollis, it's Rachel Hollis's husband, and they're awesome. She's an author. He's done a whole bunch of different stuff, but he posted something along, and I'm going to butcher this quote, so don't hold me to it, but something along the lines of, as we fight through this pandemic and fight to get back to normal, I hope we take the time to think of what's worth getting back to, of like, what is the normal we want back? And that to me was one of those like, yes, that is exactly what I want this time to be for us. Because it's not like we were all sitting having a great time holding hands and singing Kumbaya before all of this happened, right? This has put a magnifying glass on a lot of it, but I hope that we're all able to go, wow, these are the parts that I really miss. These are the reasons that I really miss them. And I want to double down in those areas, right? I want to, or I want to search this out. I want to find these new things because I'm missing it right now. That's something I'm trying to focus on a lot. A perfect example is, you know, for the past four years, I've run a business and had a kid. And in the beginning, he was home a lot more with me. Um, and he's still home one day a week with me when he's in school, when he was in school. But it's a really hard juggle to, to handle a child and also run a business. And it's never been something I can, it's actually been really tense in our marriage. It's been a conversation we've had to go to counseling for because it's the, will I do this? Will I do that? Which I know every married couple out there is, has had or is having. And something beautiful that's come out of this is Kevin comes, you know, he, he'll come out of the office and be like, I get it. I totally get it now. I never, I never understood what you meant about your head being in 15 different places and trying to make sure Ollie's okay, but then also at the same time, get work done and then prioritize your work because you don't, you know, you don't have a full two hours to work on it. And so for me, it's been great to be like, to feel heard and to feel seen. Um, and I know it's been harder for you, but it's, that's, right. a, that's, that's a gem that's come out of it is, is feeling understood for the first time in a while. I don't know if anyone sure. else out there can relate, but uh, my, my thought, I mean, I've already thought of this. I think many, many, many marriages around the country right now and probably around the world are having to face their tensions. Right. And having to deal with them. Cause like, where are you going to go? I can't go like, okay, I'm going to head out for a beer with Kevin. No, <laughs> you know, we can't go anywhere. So I'm going to go tout in this corner of my bed. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to go in this corner. Yeah. Well, um, well, Hey, for, so for, for, uh, kind of last question. So for people that are out there kind of thinking, you know, not even from a leadership standpoint, just like, you know, I really want to be this person on my block or in my neighborhood, or I want to help, uh, create community in, in a time where it's really, really hard to kind of even have a cookout. I mean, what, what would you say to people just about being creative and intentional? And I know some of it, some of it you've kind of been saying, but just what's the encouragement you would give someone that says, okay, I want to be this person on my block. Uh, I would say now is a perfect time because you can use it as, and I don't want to use the word excuse, but you have an excuse to say, this is why I want to connect because I want to be able to be a neighbor to you during these times. 
And I think a good old fashioned flyer, you can make fun of me all you want, but it's the most non-evasive way to connect. And you, whether you um, ask people to email you specifically so you can create an email list for your street or uh, however creatively you want to do that by connecting people, I would pass out a flyer to everyone's mailbox and say, hey, I just thought it was about time that, you know, this street unified and we, we could become a foundation for each other if we need anything, especially during times like these, right? And so give your email, say, email me your, your information and I'll start a list for our street for us. That's it. And then that's the, that's the beauty is once you've got that list, don't abuse it. <laughs> but <laughs> right. once you've got that list, you have your, you not only have, do you have people's first step in responding to say, yes, I want to connect to you because they're emailing you. That is their answer. It is, yes, I want to connect. But now you have a list to say, hey, we're all in this together. Proud of, you know, whatever, wherever street you live on Dale Street. So proud to be on the street with you. And whatever you guys need, please feel free to email us collectively because we're all in this together. I think it's a perfect time to create connection without too much, you know, too much awkward persistence there because you have the perfect excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Mine actually kind of goes hand in hand with that is I was literally thinking just take a step because all of, I remember the moment you, we were literally walking by our home in passing and she's like, man, I miss seeing our neighbors. We should do like a dance party. And then we passed directions and didn't talk about it again. And that was like it for probably two or three days where all of a sudden we're, it came back up. And I think it's so easy. I think everybody out there has ideas like that. It's literally just take one step. So literally all I had to do was hop onto our Facebook page and say, Hey, who wants to have a dance party tonight at six 30? And yes, 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 yes. Boom. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. That one step of just putting it out there. Then, but then everybody's excited. Then you're excited. It's easy at that point. So don't, don't feel like you have to get the entire street or the entire neighborhood connected at one time. Just take one step, get to know one person around you, get to know one. If you've got an idea, act on that one idea. Don't put this pressure on yourself that you have to be the answer because we have not been, our neighbors, our community, the people around us have been the reason that this has been so awesome. Yeah, cool. Well, Kevin, Lydia, thank you guys for, first of all, just being the people you are, in the neighborhood and then also thank you for being my friend because <laughs> it is a lot of fun to be with y'all yeah i know i know well i kind of think too when this when this thing when we could start what do you not socially distancing when, when we could start socializing again that's what i was looking for it's called social de-distancing de-distancing actually put a ton of balloons around y'all's fence and we should have a Corona beer party on Corona street and invite all the houses around, around our area, you know, 100%. you know, together 100%. and like kill Corona with Corona. Well, you know, my big idea for the summer, which I hope happens and I'm not going to tell you guys cause it's going to be a big fun idea. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to jump on here and, and plan it together, but it's, it's connecting the entire street. And I'm excited about it. I'm thinking street closure. Yeah. Thinking a block party. A lot of time to think. Let's this is the difference between Lydia and I. I'm like, oh, let's just do this idea. And she's like, no, let's make it bigger. Let's make it bigger, bigger yeah. and better. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys for spending a little bit of time with us and uh, just 
talking to us as um, really your missional practitioners. I mean, you're exactly uh, what we're trying to get people to do and um, just appreciate your insights and all that you have done during this. And, uh, Thank you. Love you guys. Okay. Love appreciate you too. You. Love you too, man. All right. Thanks. Well, hey, thanks to uh, Kevin and Lydia Andrews on and giving us their thoughts and sharing some time with us about um, just living as incarnational uh, people in their neighborhood. And I hope it was helpful to you. And uh, maybe if you're a church leader, this might even be a podcast to kind of shoot out to your congregation during this time um, to just give them some ideas and give them some encouragement to live into their their neighborhood and bring some beauty and uh, to the space and uh, and as always here at Forge we're here to help you do that as well Uh, we'd love to connect with you on the website uh, at www.forgeamerica.com there's a contact page um, or you can email us directly and we'd love to have a discussion with you we know these are hard times uh, for people individuals church leaders church communities and forge at forge we just want to be a help and uh, serve you in the best way uh, that we can but we hope everyone is staying healthy and uh, i guess the the big phrase is stay home and uh, terry and alan hope you guys do well through this yeah looking forward to uh, some pictures and video of you dancing in your street roland well, I, I already have some. I'll send you some. Yeah. Perfect. We're not going to post it publicly. But, yeah. Well, you probably will after I send it to but you. It's not on the Insta. It, it didn't happen. That's right. That's <laughs> right. All right. Well, good to be with you guys. And until next week, thanks for joining us on the Forge America Missional Podcast. Take it easy. Okay. Peace.